welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome back to 2022, the new year and the new episode, the new season. We are starting season 10 of the Built on Air podcast. I can't believe we have gotten to 10 seasons. And after a little break in December, we're back at it now in January with the new season. Myself, Dan Fellers, and our regular host, Camille, is with us. Welcome back, Camille. Good to see you again. And we have a regular face around here, Scott Rose, back with us, I believe, the third time you've been on our podcast. Yes, yes. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Glad to have you back with us. So we always uh, have a fun show planned for you. Scott's going to share some insights with us and we'll learn about some uh, new things. I'll do a quick kind of run through of what the show is. We always do four segments. We begin with around the bases where we talk about what's going on in the Airtable communities, get you caught up on everything you need to know about the latest news and updates. Uh, then we'll do a spotlight from our primary sponsor onto air then Scott will go through a common question that he's seen in the audience questions um, and walk through that. Then Scott will also show us on an automate create talking about how to use a third-party platform called Integramat to work with your Airtable for automations. And then a final spotlight on our sponsor onto air. And then we'll end up with a app highlight learning about a new app in the marketplace. So with that, we'll do our round the bases. And since we've been off for a month, a lot's happened. Um, I wanted to first highlight some big news in the Airtable world that did happen in December. So Airtable announced that they raised $735 million fundraise, um, which is crazy, and now valued at $11 billion dollars. Um, they've raised $1.4 billion to date. So if you ever wondered how much money does it cost to build an Airtable-like platform, $1.4 billion, <laughs> which is crazy, crazy. Um, so it looks like they've got some new investors, Franklin Templeton, Salesforce, and Michael Dell's uh, investment group. So 
Salesforce I thought was interesting. I think I commented in our in our uh, Slack community that I personally hope that Salesforce doesn't get any ideas of buying Airtable. Yeah, um, I was going to ask that question. I know nothing about funding um, and the intricacies of like the tech world in that capacity. So I was wondering if if Salesforce has funded Airtable, does that you know reasonable suspicion that they maybe have their eye on it to either increase um, integrations, which would be great, or to acquire Airtable, mm -hmm. which would be not the best, yeah. Yeah, from yeah. my opinion. Yeah, you, you got to imagine from Salesforce perspective, I mean, they've already bought Slack, you know, Airtable would be, I would think, an ideal acquisition for them. Um, I also know Howie Liu, the CEO right here, I've, I listened to this um, broadcast and I've listened to him in the past. He actually sold his previous company to Salesforce and then he worked at Salesforce. So he knows the Salesforce uh, management team. Um, I've also heard him publicly state that he has no intentions of selling and wants to make Airtable basically become a Salesforce size company. And um, so I think their vision is to be an independent company. Why they took money from Salesforce, I don't know. I'd love to hear him, you know, answer that specifically. Um, but yeah, definitely draw some some flags of it for sure. It gives Salesforce insight into the business and and might make it easier for them to to acquire down the road. Um, I think so, it's yeah. a good sign that Salesforce uh, has not really meddled too much with Slack. Like they've sort of yeah seems like. You know, they've maintained their yep. independence and it's still the same product. So if they did acquire Airtable, we would hope that maybe they would do the same thing, just leave Airtable, do its thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One argument is that by investing in them, that kind of also signals to the market and to us that Salesforce maybe won't try to compete directly with a competitive product because they've mm -hmm. already they'll already benefit now from the success of Airtable by being an investor. And right. so maybe, maybe that's a good sign that uh, maybe it's kind of a hands-off. We won't go, move into that space. <laughs> right, right. That's a good point. So we'll see there. But yeah, we'll likely see more integration. Maybe you'll see Airtable embedded deeper into Salesforce. And, and Air, Airtable already has integration where you can sync your Salesforce data into Airtable. Maybe we'll see the reverse side as well. So interesting development. But he also did say that the next step for Airtable, this is enough money uh, to get them to profitability and, and be stable enough to go public on their terms. And so his reasoning for yet another fundraise, because they raised close to another 700 million earlier in the year, like in April. And so, um, you know, a lot of money that I don't think they're burning through. I don't feel like they're burning crazy amounts of money. Um, honestly, there's probably all three of us no ways where they could spend even more money <laughs> and uh, fixing some things. So um, it'll be interesting to see. So basically they are lining themselves up to be a public company, which I think signals to the market in general that uh, that they you know definitely have long term plans to be around and, and now they have enough capital where they're not going anywhere anytime soon I don't think so 
overall could be a good thing as long as they, they spend their money wisely. All right. The next <laughs> thing I thought was, yeah, can we apply to be on their financial distribution team on how they should spend? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. They need to uh, bring it on the podcast and before they make any decisions. <laughs> All right, next with um, the new year, I thought it'd be interesting to go through and maybe each of us pick out one of your favorite features that got released in 2021. So I'm on the What's New page, which doesn't have everything that they've released, but it has, I would hope, all the big ones. So I'm going back to, so here's the beginning of 2021. So it looks like some Outlook um, enhancements. Oh, so regex was beginning of 2021. That seems like a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gantt as a view. So external sources, Google, some new ones, some new automations. So external syncing. Um, multi-source syncing was multi -source pretty big. Multi-source syncing. Salesforce. Recurring automations, Google Workspace, some updates to the app, uh, Salesforce, create view. So what they, um, okay, timeline view, advanced filters, that was a big one, interface designer, bulk field permissions, some of these enterprise ones, view updates, some mobile. So what, what, uh, what's your favorite from 2021? It's kind of tough um, for me. I think was, was at scheduled time for automations. Was that this past year? Um, I, think, I think I saw that on the list. If not, it was some other. So. With some other automation. If not, then the one I think that surprised me the most about how much I would find use for it is probably view sections, because most of my bases are for me. I don't have that many views, but at the same time, there was like one project I was using Airtable for my like my day job essentially, and being able to put views in, in folders made it so much easier to find what I needed. It was just, it's a, it was a small change, but it was genuinely very helpful. Yes. So it wasn't anything that I had ever asked for as a feature, but I had seen other people ask for it. And I was like, eh, I guess that would be useful. It's useful and I'm glad they added it. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny that Camille said that because I was actually thinking that the things that I love the most also are when they make the little refinements like in automations when we could change triggers or oh yeah you know that was huge i right. think we've discovered that during an episode of built on air i right. think we were doing right. an automate create and i was like hold on everybody <laughs> stop can you change the trigger now that was pretty great yeah totally yeah. oh i see justin yeah sections, regex. sections regex interface designer regex is also great. There's so many formulas that are complicated series of substitutes and find and all of that. And then regex, just, I don't understand regex, but I know it's simpler now. If I yeah. just, <laughs> you know, it's there. It. 
Exactly, exactly. And of course, interface designer, but interface designer is still kind of new. And so, um, you know, I, I love the start of it. It's not quite at a place yet, I think, uh, for a lot of us, but they did uh, resolve one of the bugs that was kind of annoying for me for interface designer. So it's it's already, you know, faster on, on, on the track of being uh, super usable for some of my use cases. Yeah. Which was the bug that they fixed for you? They, it was if you had multiple uh, record pickers. So like table A and then all the linked records and then use those linked records as the source for a second record picker. The URL that it would build wouldn't get rid if, if you switch to a new record in table A. It's linked to different table B records, but it didn't update the list of table oh. B records. So you'd be seeing you know, part of your interface would be showing records that no longer apply because it's only look, it's, it didn't connect as deeply before. And they wow. fixed that. And Jordan actually, Jordan Scott, the uh, uh, community manager at Airtable went back and like updated that thread and was like, hey, by the way, we fixed this bug. And I was like, oh, yay. Because <laughs> it was, it was, oh, awesome. it was very confusing using interface designer before if you didn't like, recognize that that was what was happening and then they fixed it so it's well on its way yeah yeah that was awesome they also one that's not on here yet because it's not out of beta but um automation uh branching or or hmm. layers of automation that's so that might be more a 2022 release but um that's available in beta that's interesting um i'm gonna go with for me, a um, little bit different look, just because you guys have already mentioned some of the bigger ones. But when they when they put um, Gantt and now Timeline as views, mm. that to me is a big signal of potential for the future. Yep. Um, so I think that idea, although it's interesting, they almost have like competing competing uh, strategies now with the interface designer of you do things through views or through the interface designer, it'll be interesting to see which, which one, which approach they put more emphasis on going forward of, you know, how you view your data. Um, you know, you almost wonder if they, they kind of devalue the views and kind of like recreate that functionality inside of the interface designer in some way. Yeah, because you can embed a grid, which doesn't necessarily have to show the same records as a view. You could set it, your own separate filters from whatever views you established in the regular Airtable interface. And you could also embed a timeline element. Um, it, but right. uh, Gantt, Calendar, Kanban, those aren't available in Interface Designer yet. And so I... To me, it seems like they had to do grid because it's the most basic one and they did timeline because it was the most recent one. So the code was fresh and it was probably easier to integrate into interface designer. And my suspicion is that over time, as they like tweak the other older views, they might start showing up in interface designer as well. And maybe there's, you know, maybe interface designer is the super view where you can have a regular view kind of in the corner, but extra information off to the side as well. And I think that might be the approach they, they take, but also I don't know anything. So. Yeah. 
in theory, you know, if they recreated all the views as like types of interface designs, in theory, you could replace the whole view concept inside of interface designer, right? And yeah. that becomes a new interface. Um, I think a friend of the show, Kavan, said, I don't remember if it was on one of these episodes or in a separate conversation, but she had talked about, you know, the idea of decoupling queries from views. Um, a lot of times you use views as your method of saying, only show me a subset of records. But if there was a separate, you know, query, I don't know, panel that you yeah. just establish a list of queries mm -hmm. and filters and whatnot, then you'd be able to apply them to both interfaces and views and have it only change that option once, if you will. And that might affect a bunch of other different things as well. And I think, you know, if, if we're going the route of maybe interface designer replaces the necessity of views, you know, maybe Kavan's ideas also, uh, you know, dovetails into that nicely as well. Yeah, that could be interesting. You know, yeah, a lot of things they can do now. They've got they've got a lot of kind of sort of core functionality that they can build on, and it'll be interesting to see where they go this year, twenty twenty two. Yeah, fun you know, stuff. At one point, I was hoping that uh, page designer would become a view, but now it sort of feels like maybe that won't happen. Maybe you know they want us to do all future interfaces in interface designer. I don't yeah. know. Justin says, my biggest pain point with the interface designer, it only takes two clicks to get back to the base, but four to five clicks to get into an interface. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. you know, depending on where you start from, it's, you know, it's not super intuitive to, to get into yeah. the precise tools. Well, there's interfaces and there's interface pages as well. So you might be able to get to the interface, but, you know, having a direct link to the interface page would be nice. Maybe it's a drop down uh, when you're looking at the base. So you could go straight to where you want to go first. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there'll be huge changes in the future. Like what you were saying, maybe interfaces will become the master, you know, view, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ideally, you know, and like what you were saying with page designer and then all the other apps, like that's, that's my big wish list is being able to view apps inside of the interface designer. Yeah. I started a new app project and working with um, another developer and he had started an interface for the client and I had started building an app and it, it occurred to me, it would be so great if I could build half of my app and embed it in the interface. And, you know, cause there's really only so much in terms of user, you know, UI design that is not possible in Airtable via you know, regular Airtable or the interface designer that I would need to build. And I'm building all the extra stuff in it just so they could look at one thing at a time. Yeah. It would be nice if I could use interface designer because it handles what it does fairly well and then just build the piece that isn't, you know, that they didn't account for yet. But that's yeah. not, that's yeah. not in the cards right now. Yeah. Sure. Hopefully 2022. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Very good. All right. We've got a couple other um, things that I was going to show, just kind of uh, a few updates throughout December. Um, Chris Dancy, friend of the show, always has some amazing stuff to show. He shared um, some interface designer that he's working on, always very visually appealing. So if you ever see Chris share stuff on Twitter, or Reddit or Facebook, definitely check out uh, his stuff. 
pretty, pretty cool interface design that he's working on. Let's see what else we got. Uh, this was one on Twitter. Um, this was interesting, just kind of seeing how people use Airtable out in the wild. I always like to see that. Um, and uh, this is looks like a, an investor venture capitalist. And so his community and response are a lot of investors that it's, it's kind of interesting how many people said that they use Airtable to manage their, their workflows and their, and their fund investments um, all through Airtable. So I always like mm -hmm. to highlight when people are sharing real world examples of using Airtable and what else people, this was, this was kind of cool. So real estate um, investment and they've got all their, looks like all their floor um, maps and everything inside of there. So pretty cool use cases of, of Airtable out in the wild. I did see one reply that said Airtable is the new Excel and that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just different. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I thought this one was kind of cool. Just this is Aaron who works at Airtable. He does one of their uh, or several of their podcasts as well. Um, worth checking out. Um, and just kind of talking about the evolution of software development um, you know, build it yourself versus buying versus no code. I don't think it's that simple, but kind of shows how simplifying or how software is getting easier to, to get up and running. Um, still not quite this simple, even with no code software, but, but definitely, definitely lowering the bar to get started. Yeah. Stuff there. I'm gonna skip this one. So yeah, that's kind of a, a roundup of um, of what uh, we missed. There's definitely a lot more. We're not gonna get into the weeds of every individual question like we might normally do, but definitely wanted to highlight some of the bigger ones, especially the the fundraise um, from Airtable. If you hadn't heard about that and and what they plan to do with it, so excited to see the future i think i think um there's a bright future for airtable and we will always be a part of it so hopefully you tell your friends to to join us each week all right with that we're going to move on to our spotlight on tears our primary sponsor it's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on airtable i'm the founder of onto air and want to share some highlights and um we have six current different apps that are um, that run on, on, uh, Airtable and our plan for 2022 is to get all of our apps into the marketplace. We started building apps for Airtable before the marketplace existed before third-party developers. So many of our apps existed outside of the Airtable, uh, marketplace and ecosystem. Our goal this year, you will see us um, moving all of our apps into the marketplace so that they're easier to access and utilize and our goal is to increase the number of apps that we have in the marketplace this year um, by 2x so we hope to have 10 plus um, apps in the store by the end of the year so that's what we'll be doing and our latest um, update that i'll show is our amplify app one person actually was chris dancy who publicly shared that amplify is what Airtable's interface designer should have been and should have been designed. So high praise from, from Chris there that, that we like to uh, 
share. And so Am Amplify is an app to interact with your data. Um, there's a different, it, there's different editors that you can create to interact with your data, to augment and extend how you're looking at your data, what kind of data is inside of there, whether it's a markdown or JSON or links to Google Docs, you can edit different types of data inside of these block views and you can create layouts similar to interfaces inside of there. One feature that we just released in our, in our new version that, that went out in December is the ability to um, set up filtered records. So you can set up records for each table that are filtered depending specifically to that user. So each user will only see records that are designed for that user to see. Now, this doesn't mean that they can't see them over here on the left, that we don't have control over what data they see here, but we can control what they see inside of the Amplify app. So the easiest way to do that with filtered records is to use a collaborator because the app knows who the current logged in user is, but it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be a collaborator field. You can specify certain users can only see values associated with this field. So you can pick any field and then create kind of a mapping of what users can see what records based off of the value of that field. But I'll do collaborator because it's the easier, easiest because you don't have to set up configuration um, for each user. And so once you do that and you save it, then you just have to go into each layout and specify that for this layout, you want to use the filtered records that are configured for each table. And then once you do that, you'll notice, so I am this OpenSide Airtable user. And so I'm only gonna see records that are assigned to me. So you see I'm on this, um, this company here, Quote Texan. And so when I navigate through my, my records, it's only going to show me ones that are assigned to me. So you see it's skipping down to this one. And then I'm only seeing, looks like four that I have access to. So you can set up this where you can have your team members only interact with data and records that are assigned to them or however you configure it dynamically based off of the collaborator field or some other field that, that you want to configure it. So extremely powerful way to manage what records your, your team members can interact with. So that's just one feature I wanted to highlight um, in Amplify. There's many, many more. Play with it. Check it out. Just click on add an app and find us in right now. We're down below hidden. Find us uh, right here in the marketplace. Add it. Play with it. And there's a 14-day free trial to, to test it and see if it fits your needs. With that, we're going to move on to Scott. If you want to share your screen. Yes. And we'll go through an audience question with you. Okay. There you go. Yes. You know, one question that came up four times uh, over the holidays in the community forums was, it seems like a very simple question. It is, how can you display the uh, like the latest information, how can you look up like the latest information from a series of linked records, for example? So 
Like if you have in this instance here, like an invoicing system and you have customers and each customer has a whole bunch of invoices, how could you look up, how could you create a lookup field right here that would maybe show you the most recent dollar amount from the latest invoice, for example? Um, yeah, this is this is the classic, the classic. classic conundrum. It's classic. It, and to clarify, it's not just what is the most recent date from the invoices, because you could just use a roll up and say max. You mean whichever one of those is the maximum date. All right, now look at that record something else. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And and you can already see that this you could do this and you could think about this in many different ways. Like maybe what was the trying to think of other examples, you know, this, this applies to many different scenarios, not just customers and invoices, yeah. but yeah, the idea is pick like the latest linked record, but we want to look up data just from that one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like Camille said, a classic conundrum. So uh, I'm going to show how you can actually do that. Um, so basically here we have two customers in our customers table and each one of them is linked to two invoices. And if we go to our invoices table here, we can see that we have four invoices and they were each created at different times. So, um, you know, some are newer than others. And here's the customer that they're linked to. And here's the services. This is just looked up from our services table here. And uh, this is the dollar amounts looked up and then here's the total due. So let's say that we were on this customer's table here and you wanna know, what was the amount of Jane Smith's most recent invoice? So basically the first thing we have to do is we have to figure out what is the date uh, of the most recent invoice. So basically to solve this, this little dilemma, we actually have to go back and forth between our tables and create a, a series of fields. So you would start by creating a roll-up field here and you can call this whatever you want. Like maybe I just call this max invoice date, let's say, and you create a roll up here and we're going to pull from the invoices table and we're going to look for the date created. So that's an auto, you know, an auto creation field there, the, uh, the air tables built in creation date field. And for our formula here, I'm just going to say max values. And then when we create that field, we will see the latest date. <laughs> the Jeopardy music. <laughs> Come on, Eric, well, this is the easy part. <laughs> this is it, <laughs> exactly. How many records are in that table? Like three? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think there's eight records total. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, uh, oh this, my goodness. This, this is the easy part, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Try refreshing. Sometimes take one million of the seven hundred thirty-five million they raised. I've, I've noticed somewhat, not regularly, I'd say, but you know, I've noticed it a couple times in the past month. Sometimes Airtable would do that, and I would refresh, and it made the field like we see yeah. here. But it would, like, I would be stuck in the spinning wheel, even though it did the action. It just never showed it to me. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, Justin says reload. Yeah, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. As soon as I hit I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, the field was right there. Yeah, this is actually a misleading title here. I'm going to say uh, the latest uh, invoice date. 
So now what we have here is for each one of these people, we have the date and time of their most recent invoice. So then what we would want to do is come back here to the invoices table. And now what we want to do is we want to look up this customer's most recent invoice date. We're going to pull it from the customer's table. So in other words, we're going to be looking up the rollup field. Yep. And so just to spell this out real clearly, I'll say this customer's latest invoice date. You don't have to have your fields have that long of titles, but <laughs> so I'm going to look up from this customer and we're going to pull in the latest invoice date. So now we can see that for each customer here, so Jane Smith is these, is these first two records here and you'll see that she has the exact same uh, value for each of these because Jane's latest invoice is this. And then John Smith's latest invoice is this. So wait, if I just extend this a little bit, you'll probably see this a little better. So now you can see where it's pulling these from. So mm -hmm. here are the two date creation dates for Jane Smith. But then for both of her records, it's going to yield the most recent one. So then the next step is, there's, there's actually a couple different ways you can handle this. But the way that I usually do it is I then create a formula here. Is that what you guys do? A formula to sort of tag what the latest one is? I have a similar sort of implementation where I would use a roll-up field instead of a lookup to get the maximum, maximum date, if you will, because roll-up fields allow you to use regular formula functions. So within that same roll-up field, I'll be like, all right, now is that maximum, maximum the same as date created? If so, yes. If not, no. Well, so would you do that in... So you oh, could sorry, reduce the number of fields, but it's... You know, it, that's not how Airtable wants you to do it. Uh, so this is probably the safest option. Oh, uh, okay. Most reliable option as well. Interesting. Interesting. I'd love to see your option as well. I'll show you my option, which is more, yeah. uh, it sort of breaks it down a little more, but it sounds like yours is significantly more efficient though. Well, yours is easier to understand and again, more reliable. So let's do it this way. Okay, we'll do it this way first. So that, I'd love to see yours if we have time for it. Um, so I'm going to add a field here. So I'm going to add a formula here and I'm just going to say, is this a, oh, did Jen make a comment here? This such a, oh, this will help so many people. Yeah. It, everyone, everyone needs this implementation. Yeah. Whichever method you go about it, the idea of looking up the latest records, something, you know, yeah. everyone has scratched their heads a billion times trying to figure out. Uh, totally. So I'm going to create a formula here. I'm just going to call it latest invoice question mark. And then what I do is I create a formula that compares the lookup field, this customer's latest invoice, invoice date, if that lookup field is equal to this record's invoice date, which is, uh, well, date created actually in this case. So uh, yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, yes. I, I've sort of been saying invoice date and I'm using created date, but you know, uh, you know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. <laughs> Use the appropriate date fields in your system. <laughs> um, so if this customer's latest invoice date is the date created here, then I'm just going to say yes. Otherwise, I'll put no. So then when you create this, now we can quickly see for each one of these customers, which one is their latest invoice. So they have no or yes. So then coming back here, 
And by the way, you should only have one yes for each customer. So for example, if we were to create another invoice here for Jane Smith, let me just create a new one here real quick. Um, and we'll link it to Jane Smith. We'll see that, yeah, she has two no's and a yes. There should only be one yes for any given customer at any given time. Because that's important for this next part. When you go back to the customers table, um, now what you can do is you can create a lookup. So let's say we want to say, this is, the, this is the actual field we were trying to build towards, which is the latest invoice dollar amount, let's call it. And we will create a lookup field here. And we are going to pull from the invoices table. And what we're going to do is... Actually, you know, there's a couple different ways you could do this too. You could also do roll up. There's there's a couple different ways. The way that I'm going to do it now is I'm going to choose the total due on the invoice, but I'm only going to include the linked uh, the linked records where um, the latest invoice is yes. And there's other ways of doing this too, but this is just one example. Um, and then here we here you see that the latest in for Jane was actually zero dollars because it was that new one I just created and the latest invoice for John is 5500 and then if we go back here to see we will see that actually I'm going to sort this by customer here so we'll see that if we look at all three of Jane's invoices here they are in date order as well um her latest one is zero dollars and John's latest one is 5500 well actually both of John's are 5500 so let me change that Oops. So if we go back here, it should still say zero and 5,500. Yeah. So that's that. Camille, when I, where, would, when I, where were you saying you would put the roll up? Would you put that here in this table? No. Uh, in, in invoices, mm -hmm. um, I would have a roll up field here. Mm -hmm. Um. And what it would be is from customer and then uh, latest invoice date. And then the aggregation formula would be basically the formula that you already wrote in latest invoice. It would be if, and the reason why I said Airtable doesn't want you to do this is because although rollup fields accept regular formula functions, they don't auto-complete and neither do field names for your current field. So you have to make sure you spell everything right. And, you know, it's it's not going to help you do, do it this way, which is why it's not the recommended way, but it is possible. But, it, you know, it's yeah. trying to dissuade you from, do, from, from doing formulas in here. Yeah, it's, I don't even know if it's documented in your right. tables because it'll let you do it, but it doesn't want you to so it would be if you know the brackets date created and then making sure you spell it exactly see it's not it's not showing you what the correct mm -hmm. field name is like a regular formula would but equals the, and then um the, this customer's latest invoice date i would say max values here because oh, this is where you actually use the aggregation oh right 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 yeah <laughs> Dude. Comma, yes, comma, no. Ah, very folks. cool. So I think this will work if you create. No. Oh. Okay, so there's a problem. It's possible, 
but there's something about it that I didn't do quite right when I was thinking about it. So, you know, I don't know. Oh, you know what? If it's, if we're just the latest invoice date, we just have one value, right? Oh, no, no. We're rolling up. Oh, we are looking for that. But we're getting the maximum. So it should be one value anyway. I feel like I've done this before. See, this is why why just go with Scott's idea. It's probably, I mean, it might work with strings. Maybe it's a, you know, because a date doesn't actually look like a date. It's Unix timestamps. So, right. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. We will figure this out two minutes after the podcast is over. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go back to whatever base I did this in and being like, oh, right. There is one caveat. I remember doing something like this. I actually remember doing this before they had the ability to filter like your lookups mm-hmm. and that made it even trickier. You had to do other things. Uh, um, but I think there is still one caveat that you can't use the date field in your key formula. Like it doesn't, it, it, it will become like an infinite lookup or something. Oh, Right. So like if yeah. your invoice number like concatenated the date that you're using for the lookup, I don't think it likes when the value is part of the, the key field. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think I think that I ran into issues with that at one point. Yeah. So whatever I was thinking of, probably it was probably just a string value that I was doing the comparison with, and probably that's why. Interesting. So yeah. Don't don't do it this way. <laughs> you know, we may be able to. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's probably a way to do it. Probably like forcing it like a turning that into a string here yeah, the and the and quotation marks to make it a string or whatever but yeah let's... Uh, yeah there's some way to figure that i'm sure this we could figure this out somehow yeah <laughs> but maybe not when we're on maybe yeah. not when we're running out of time never right. do it live i don't know why i haven't learned my lesson yet. <laughs> yeah. very but, true uh... awesome thank you scott yeah. for that audience that's definitely a common question that comes up so Hopefully the people looking for that, we can direct them here to get their answer and how that works. So our next one, we're going to keep with Scott. We're going to keep things going. And Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about Integramat and how you use it and, and give us some insight there. Oh, yeah. So I really, if you see me in the forums, I talk about Integramat almost every day. Um, I really love Integramat. It's a it's an automation and integration platform that you can use with Airtable. It competes head to head against Zapier, and um, I use Zapier for years, and I still have many of my clients using Zapier. Um, but then when I discovered Integramat, which is relatively a relatively new discovery for me, I was blown away at how, what I thought was so much more powerful. Than Zapier, it, it it actually just blew away a lot of the limitations that Zapier has, and it was a lot cheaper than Zapier, which my clients really liked, and I find it much much more user friendly once you get to know it. So that's one of the things. Zapier is so much easier to like dive into and just start doing things. Mm-hmm. In Tegramat, there's a little bit of a learning curve. It takes a little while. It's a little bit more complex at the beginning, but then I find it way more user friendly. Uh, because you can drag and drop things. It's a very, it's like a, it's a canvas, you know, almost like Photoshop where you can just drag and drop things around on the screen, which I really like. And now Airtable, of course, introduced automations, you know, about a year and a half ago. And, um, and 
the thing is, there's still some limitations in Airtable's automations. Like it would be great if we didn't have to use Integromatter Zapier at all. But some of the more common limitations in Airtable are uh, you're limited to a maximum of 25 automations total, um, which a few of my clients have already hit. Um, 50,000 runs only on the pro plan. And I guess if you email support, they sort of have like an unofficial policy of like letting you have more runs, but officially they, you know, they stop you at, you know, 50,000 runs for the month. Of course, they don't have conditionals yet, um, although that's coming soon. And, you know, there's other limitations of Airtable's automations. For example, if you do a find records, you can't then loop through your found records, for example, and do something for each one of those. You have to write a script if you want to do that. So there's a lot of little <clears throat> limitations of Airtable's automations that also push uh, people towards Zapier and Integromat. And um, yeah, so I was thinking that maybe it would be cool for us to sort of show off how easy it is to get it, get started with Integromat and sort of build something from scratch, perhaps. Yeah, sure. let's do it. I was thinking maybe we could use this this uh, sample system that we were just all working on together, because now we're very intimate and familiar with <laughs> our customers and our invoices here. Is there anything that you guys could think of that would be cool to automate or maybe integrate with? You know, some something that's done all the time is like email the customer their latest invoice or whatever. Once an invoice is marked as paid or complete or something, send them a confirmation email saying, thank you for paying or whatever. So maybe that's something that we could do with this sort of setup and include the total due um, amount. Great. Yeah, that's a great idea. So let's do that. Um, and let's see, do I have email addresses? Yeah, we have email addresses here. And basically, um, the funny thing is that is something that that is possible with Airtable's automations, but I'm going to show how you would actually recreate that in Integromat. Yeah. So what we would do here is, well, first let's set up our Airtable database and let's maybe have like a check mark, for example, that says like when it's ready to send for, uh, perhaps. Sure. So we'll do a send, send invoice, or maybe we'll call this email invoice and maybe we'll have a checkbox here. So we'll know when, uh, you know, when we're ready to uh, to email that invoice to somebody. And so then we'll go into Integromat here. And this is sort of what the interface looks like when you're looking at all your different scenarios. This is like scrolling through all your automations uh, in, in Airtable. And I'm going to create a new scenario up here, create a new scenario. And then you click on this plus sign here, and it gives you a list of all the different apps that they support. Uh, and I always, I always think how clever it is that Airtable put themselves right at the top of the list alphabetically. <laughs> that helps, yeah. You know, that was one of the reasons that, uh, one of the many reasons that Steve Jobs named Apple, Apple, he wanted to be in the beginning of the phone book and right. he wanted to be ahead of Atari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically there's a bunch of different ways that you can trigger. So I chose... Table, uh, then it gives you the built-in triggers uh, that you can use or actions that you can use with Airtable. And by the way, for all of the apps that they have in Integromat, they also include this make an API call. So you can just custom write your own API calls if they don't support it, or if you want to do something that's more complex, uh, you can always do your own custom API calls. So 
In our case, there's a couple different ways we can do this. One is we can watch records and this is sort of an instant, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this is actually not an instant trigger. When you watch records for changes, it does it on a schedule and uh, Zapier does it on a schedule as well, I believe. And it's based on your billing plan. So you can have it check for changes uh, up to every 60 seconds. So every one minute, uh, I'm on a free plan here. And so the lowest you can go is every 15 minutes. If you try to do something less, um, what does it do? Oh, it actually, oh, it says here, it must be higher than or equal to 15. At some point, I think it uh, when you save it, it goes back up to 15 if you're on the free plan. So, um, so that's one way you could do it. You could just have it watching your records for changes on a schedule. But there's other ways you can do it as well. If you wanted to go instantaneously and trigger it, one great way to do it is you can trigger a webhook in Integromat. And so when you check that checkbox in Airtable, you can actually use an Airtable script to automatically send a webhook to Integromat and it'll trigger right then. You don't have to wait for the every one minute or the every five minutes or the every 15 minutes based on your, your plan. So anyways, for now, we'll do this watch records thing here. And you choose your uh, connection. Uh, that's the, uh, you set up your own uh, Airtable connection based on your API key. So this is essentially a specific API key that I had already previously typed in. And then you choose the base that you want to use. We're going to use our invoices base. And then we will say, which table do we want to monitor? So we'll monitor the invoices table. And then this is how you trigger it. It actually looks for either a created time field or a last modified time field. And that's how it knows when your record has changed. So in our case, in this specific example, we probably wanted to only trigger, or we know that we only wanted to trigger actually, when we check this checkbox. So what we would want to do for this particular scenario is we would want to create a uh, modified date for, you know, when we change that, uh, that particular field. So what I would do is I would choose a last modified time. Well, really it's called last modified time. And we just want to look at this one field, the email invoice field. And so when we create this field, this will update only when we check the checkbox here. So if this one's ready, then that gets updated. But if we change something somewhere else, uh, this modified time is not going to change because it's based on just this field. So we're gonna tell Integromat to look for this particular field here. So, and that's how it's gonna know that, that we check that checkbox. And so that'll be our trigger field. So actually, I will need to I'm actually going to have to cancel because we just added a field. So we need to reload. Oh, I probably, you know, I could have also clicked on this little refresh icon here. <laughs> so does this make sense so far? Yeah. Well, it makes sense to us. <laughs> it does with that last modified, does get tricky because if you check it, accidentally and then uncheck it it's still gonna run right yeah it, that might, is, it might fire twice then because it was modified twice that is true that is true of course it will only run like every x number of minutes um so hopefully it'll only catch it once 
So that is, that's actually a really, really good point. That would maybe, this might actually be a perfect uh, use case scenario for doing the webhooks instead of this. So you don't actually have accidental clicks um, or, you know, something actually triggering twice. Yeah. I think, uh, I think one of Kavan's solutions is instead of checkboxes, she uses single select values because it's more purposeful. You have to like click twice to make that change. And so it's harder to accidentally sort of ma make it ready. Um, yeah, uh, yes. Right. That's a, that's a really, really great uh, idea. I have uh, the dropdown list for the single select. And by the way, there are other ways that you can do this as well. So there's this way that we're doing it right now. Oh, by the way, it asks you for the label field, how you refer to each record. So that's usually your primary field. So you choose invoice number there. And then I'm just going to say, okay, for now, we could skip over this. Um, but there's other ways you can do this as well. Um, it asks you, when do you want to start monitoring? And you could say from now on. Um, for example, and before I move on, I'll show you some of these other things. You can also do something on a schedule where you search records. And with a and this actually might be more bulletproof if you don't want to go the webhook way or if you don't want to go the watch records way. What you can do is you can start your automation. Oh, see, this is the cool thing about Integramat. You can just sort of drag and drop these things around. So what you could also do is, this is a little more bulletproof, is you could have it search your invoices base in the invoices table. And then... The, this is optional if you want to sort your records or choose a specific view. These two are optional. But then what you could do is you could choose a formula. So what you could say is, let's see what the name of our field is, email invoice, question mark. Um, these are just Airtable formulas here. Um, and basically, as long as the formula results in anything except for a zero, false, blank, not a number, or error, for the brackets here. And so basically it could result in a one, it could result in anything, mm -hmm. then it will return those records. So what we could say is email invoice question mark. Um, and that's it, that's actually a valid Airtable formula. That would actually, I think result in uh, uh, one if it's checked. Yes. And so what we could do here, and then you can actually, you know, add on to that formula, you know, where you could say like, if the invoice was already sent, you know, if the invoice sent date already was in the past and email invoice is checked, then, you know, result in a one. So this could be nice to prevent that problem that we were talking about. So what I'm thinking is maybe we'll go with that one instead, because that's more bulletproof. And what you can do in Integromat is this little icon here is the scheduling icon. So I'm going to move that over to this. Okay. So like, <laughs> I have used I I use Integromat more than I use Zapier. I did not know you could do that. Ah, <laughs> I didn't either. Oh, I love that. like an idiot. <laughs> uh, that's, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's it's very it's there's there's so many little things. It takes longer to figure these things out. You know, mm. like with Zapier, there's 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 no guesswork. It's just boom right. boom boom boom. And it's like these little things which make it harder to learn at first. And then once you know it, then it becomes easier. So stick with it. I, I, not to you, Camille, but to, uh, to the people watching, I would recommend yeah. to them to stick with it because eventually 
you'll you'll become a pro at it. So so this now is our first record here. And I'm going to delete this one. You just right click on this and you delete. Um, oh, and Camille, one other thing that you may not know, this one I just learned like a few months ago. I can't believe this. I never noticed this one before, which is rename. You can actually rename these modules and you could say whatever you want here. You could say we're searching for uh, invoices to send. And then it, it changes the name of your module here instead of the default is every single module says the word Airtable on it. Yeah. I surely in my head, I must have rationalized. Sure, they would let you rename modules, and I've never done it. <laughs> because right. when, when Integra, we'll see it when you add more steps. What Integramat would do is be like Airtable, the name of the module, which you've now renamed. And then that two next to it lets you know specifically which one each module has a unique ID. I think it's the order in which they were added, kind right. of like an auto number in Airtable, if you're familiar. And so you'd that's how you could differentiate if you had multiple air tables, but it's kind of hard to remember which one is which. Um, that's right. easier. Rename it. Right. That's such a great point. That's such a great point because in all your future modules, you'll be referring to these little numbers, but they'll, and they'll also show this word, but it'll normally say two air table, three air table, four air table, yeah. five air table. <laughs> what? But if you rename them, it makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we've done here is, so now we've told it on a schedule every 15 minutes, because on my plan, I can't go less. Every 15 minutes, as soon as we turn on this schedule here, um, this is the on off switch. Oh, I guess it's-, it's I don't seven. think we can see that. Oh, you can't, oh, is that off screen? It's off yeah. screen. Oh, sorry, let me, I wonder if I make my, oh, now can you see it a little better? Yes. Or not? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Thank you so much for telling me that. Um, this is how you save your scenario right here. And can I turn this on? Let me see. Yeah. And so now it's on. So every 15 minutes, it's going to run. And it's going to, this is just the first step, of course. And it's going to search for um, any records where email invoice is checked. That's a, you know, just our simple formula there. And what you can do is you can test your scenario at any time just by clicking on this run once button. And so it's going to run. And then it tells us here that that little number one there means that it had one result. So if I click on this, it actually shows us the, they call them bundles, are the results. And so it found one bundle here and it shows that it found invoice number 1001. And here's all the fields that it pulled from Airtable. So that's like a really quick way of checking your work so far to see if everything's working right. And if we go back into Airtable here, we'll see that invoice number 1001 was indeed the one that we checked. And so now if we go back here, now what we want to do is we want to send somebody an email um, to let them know that this is their invoice and like put all the invoice information in. Now, the funny thing is this may be where it's a little bit easier in Airtable using their automations than Integramat because Integramat doesn't just have like a generic email send thing you actually have to use you know an email service you know whether it's just your gmail if you're just sending out one email at a time if you're doing bulk emails you would need to do mailchimp or, or some other email sending service so in our case maybe we'll use gmail um because i think i have that already set up in here so i'm going to use gmail and we are going to send an email so then what you do is you choose who you want to oh yeah so i already have this 
is my public Gmail account there. And we're going to say, who do we want to send this to? And so we actually don't have the person's email address pulled in yet because it only pulled in all the fields from the invoices table. So, you know, many different ways we could deal with that. Probably the easiest way is to deal with it on the Airtable end and just create a lookup field. Or you could actually, you know, add extra steps in here to, you know, search for that particular person's email address. But it's much easier to just go in Airtable and we'll just add a lookup field here, customer email. And Integromat is similar to Zapier that it charges for each individual step, right? That gets counted. So that would have counted towards your usage. That, that is correct. So that would have counted as um, one. Yeah, if you go, let me save this real quick. It warns you that you haven't done anything with this yet. So I'm going to go back Let's save it. Oh, is it going to let me do it? Uh, okay. Yeah. So that is correct. You get charged per step, just like Zapier. And it shows you here that um, we used up. Oh, did I run this? I don't know. It's we had one, then one. So we've, so we would have been charged for two so far. And so it gives you the grand total number of steps that you're, thing is taken to run and it keeps a history for the last 30 days here. So you could see, uh, and then they give you like a dashboard like Zapier where you can see, you know, how your, uh, how your uh, operations are running and all that stuff. And yeah, if I go to their pricing page here real quick, you'll see that on their free plan, you get a thousand operations. Those are steps. And then for $9, only $9 a month, you get 10,000 operations. So it's so, so affordable. Um, so anyways, we're back here now. And did I look up the email address? Yeah. So we have the person's email address associated with their invoice. So this is Jane Smith's invoice. And we are now going to go in here and we're going to choose the email address. And this is what um, um, Camille was talking about earlier, is that this is where it shows you the, what module you're pulling from. So it says the number two here. Normally it would just say Airtable two uh, dash search records, but now we have a much more descriptive title here. And I think it doesn't show the email address because that email address was not sent through when we last ran our test. This is similar to Zapier as well, where you actually have to run a test in order for it to populate with all the sample data. And if there is no sample data for that, it's, it's not gonna come through. So what we'll need to do is we'll need to run this one more time and, oh, it actually wants us to, it's not going to let us because this isn't set up. So I'm going to break this link here so I can run this. And now, again, I found one record. That's what that one means there. And um, I'll just save this. And now we'll reconnect it. And now I will add a recipient and our email address should be there this time. Uh, here it is, customer email. And since a lookup field in Airtable is an array, um, you can see that uh, it could potentially have multiple things here. So, you know, you may have to pick something differently based on your scenario if you're working with arrays. Um, I think for an email address, it will work because it'll automatically put commas in. Yeah, so, I think so too. Uh, cool, thank you. And I'll add that there. And then we'll say subject, your invoice, or, you know, what we could say is we can actually choose the invoice number field from Airtable. So invoice number 
is ready. And then for the content, you can actually use HTML tags here and you could do whatever you want here. You know, you could say, so let's say we're not gonna use HTML tags. You can just say, hi, and then you could choose the person's name, which, where would that be? Customer here. Oh, wait, this is, um, <laughs> yeah, this is the link. So you know what, we would have had to do that whole thing again with the lookup of the name in order to make that happen. So for now, let's just call them by their record ID number. How's that? <laughs> but be aware that, that you'll need to set that up in uh, Airtable, which is, the, I think, the quickest way to do it. And then you could say, you know, they're actually, it wouldn't recognize that return unless we did it with HTML. So what you could do is you could just make this like a paragraph here and you could say your uh, invoice number 1001 was created on, then you put the date created in there. And there's ways to format the date too. Like, I don't know for sure uh, if it's going to come across like this or if it's going to put it in the, you know, that weird date format, but there's the date. The timestamp. Yeah, the timestamp. Um, however, so this is just a quick example, but you have lots of different options up here. So this is also one of those areas where I feel it's more advanced than Zapier because they got all these, yeah, they got all these different functions. So it's almost like creating formulas in Airtable. You've all these different formulas for formatting your dates, parsing your dates, setting the months, blah, blah, blah. They have different things here. There's math functions, there's text functions. They have tons of array functions. So you can do really advanced work with arrays. So there's a lot of different things here. Um, and then we'll just say, you know, thanks team. And then you could add an attachment. Um, and that becomes a whole nother thing. You could either pull an attachment from Airtable um, or you could download attachments from, you know, cloud services, you know, all sorts of things. So you say, okay, here, and we should try this and see if this works. Um, Dan, what is your email? Send you a. Yeah. Maybe I'll send uh, Dan, <clears throat> Dan at openside.com. Dan at openside.com. Well, let me put a comment here. I don't want to, I don't want to risk it, Camille, to add you there. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that works. <laughs> If you if you change John's email to mine and then oh. link that record to John as well, that might work. So oh, okay, let's try that. Uh K A M I L L E I and then parks at Gmail. All right, cool. So now we'll go into this invoice. Yeah, and I'll link it to two customers. Good idea. Oops. I think it's yeah. Uh, linking. You can see this is an old database. This option doesn't exist. Yeah, anymore. I was going to say, I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> I know. I love that option. I don't know why they got rid of that. Uh, so we'll add you in there as well. And we are hoping that the uh, that we don't do anything extra in terms of the uh, this array having two email addresses. So this is one of those live demo things, which we're hope, we hope is going to work. <laughs> uh, otherwise, there's ways around it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the fingers crossed. Okay, so I'm gonna save this and we are gonna run this and see how this works or if it works. I will be watching. Ah, it did not work. So it gave us an error message here. 
And it says invalid email address in parameter email. Okay. So you probably have to go through a parsing process. They're using one of their array functions to actually parse it out and put commas in between it. Um, I don't think we have time to go through that at the moment. So I'm just going to go back down to one email address. All right. So let's see. I'm going to get rid of one of these. I don't know who I got rid of. Let's see. Oops. Okay, so who do we have left? Okay, Dan is there. So let's see. We're going to go back here. And now this will hopefully run. Let's see. So it's searching for the invoices. Oh, and that still says can't send it. Let's see. Invalid email address. Oh, so it's just because it's an array in general. So yeah. To get the so it doesn't like arrays. Yeah. So That's you know what strange, I mean? because you know, because you can email multiple people at once, I would have thought that it would have accepted arrays by default. So yeah. I guess you have to turn that array to string or whatever the function in Airtable. Or in Airtable, use a roll up instead yeah. of lookup. Or a formula field in Airtable. And also, this may be one of those things I think, see, this is where Integromat gets a little tricky once you keep playing with it. I think this might work if we turn on the mapping feature. I think with this thing here, I think, let me just do something here real quick. This sort of makes it really, really easy for you to type email addresses here. Um, but I don't, so this is like sort of Integromat to own interface. I don't think that that accepts arrays, but I bet if we turn on the mapping, I think it does accept arrays. Yeah. So let me, let me check that. Justin was saying to select the one when you- Oh were, yeah, that's the uh, other option also. Yeah, so if you always, if you know, for instance, that you always want to send to the first item in the array, and that exactly. works, but if you were trying to do what we were trying to do or sending to multiple people, it would only ever send it to that first person. And it's not always guaranteed who the first person is. It depends on how you linked them together in Airtable. So, you know, it's it's a little tricky going that route, but for the purposes of this demonstration, that would have worked. Exactly, exactly. So let's run this and see if it actually accepted the array once you turn on mapping. Yes, it did. So it yeah, sent one email. And now, if we go back now, Camille, I'm going to add you in. And um, how do we do that? That's right. I added you as a customer here. So now I'm going to add John Smith. And Dan, did you get the email, by the way, on your end? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. Got it. I got, got it. it. <laughs> nice. Um, and now we're going to try it. And now it should send it to both of you guys. So I'm going to run once now. And... Still just one email that was sent, but it should be to two different people, hopefully. Let's see. Yep. It sent yep. it to two people. Did you get an email? I did. Nice. Invoice nice. is ready. Your invoice is ready. Nice. And, and then the one of the cool things, and this is, by the way, I think the exact same in Zapier. You can see all the output that it sent. Um, you could even download the what they call output bundles, and you could see, oh, not in this case. Um, this is input bundles, what I was looking for. Um, and it shows you everything that was sent. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's how you do that array thing is by turning on the mapping function and then it'll accept arrays. So that's a, see how simple it is? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is simple. It's just figuring, it's just remembering which, you know, toggles to turn on, I think is, uh, 
but once you once you get it you kind of get it and then it's moving stuff in and around like dragging which step goes before which is a lot easier and then looping through like you were saying we didn't do it in this example but maybe in a future episode we'd show how you could loop and send maybe dan gets an email that just says hi dan and i get an email that says hi camille you could do that with integramat using their um I'm forgetting their term for it, but it would loop through loop. each of the linked records and send individual. That's right. Yeah, they call that uh, iteration. Iteration. Cool. There you go. Yeah, and I see in the comments that Hannah and Justin were saying that. Um, yeah, yeah, we we had already uh, discussed that. I think that if we always knew that we just wanted the first email address in there, you just choose this number one here, uh, then you won't have that problem that we were dealing with, and that will even work if the mapping is turned off. Yeah. Here. Now, now that I'm seeing their user interface, I'm realizing that it is an array, but you're feeding an array into an array. And that was the issue. And that was the error. Exactly. So, excuse me. Yeah. So maybe this wasn't the best example of how easy Integrament is, but you can see, <laughs> <laughs> but you can see how it's very, very flexible and customizable. And there's lots of little things you can tweak in it. It's sort of like, I sort of compare it, you know, to Photoshop. It's sort of like you have the yeah. tools to do what you want to do with it, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very powerful. Very, very good stuff there. Appreciate that. And if, um, plug for Scott, if you're looking for Integramat, Scott's an official expert, right, in the Integramat partnership program and can That's help right. you out. Thank you. They just upgraded me to Expert Plus. Expert Plus. <laughs> well, maybe with the mistakes I made today, maybe there needs to be another level of Plus Plus, which I haven't achieved yet. I don't know. I think you might go down to Minus. Expert That's Minus. You know, I might, if they're watching, I just dropped a Minus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks for coming on, Scott. And always glad to have you with us and, and learn from you and great insights. Uh, for timing, I think we'll keep our next segment for, for next week's episode. Uh, due to constraints on time, but check out Ontair, our primary sponsor, Ontair.com, and check out all the apps that we have there. Until then, we're excited to be with you for season 10. We want uh, more guests on. So if you haven't been on with us and you have something cool to share, reach out to us. We'd love to see what you're working on and see everything that you're building on there. So until then, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built On Air podcast. <laughs>